Terry Koshan is here from the Toronto Sun. Uh, was at Lee practice today. Terry, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Everything's good here. No complaints. A little snowy, but everything's good. So, up Jeez. seven and eleven. Seven and eleven is is the uh, the matchup. Eleven forward, seven defensemen. Uh, not the first time they've done that, and, and probably will do it many times over the course of the season. I guess the the musical question is, who will be the seventh defenseman? Well, it could be the guy that's lining up there tomorrow, Justin Hall. Um, you know, Luke Shen still not back, Jim, uh, from Vancouver, where his wife's expecting their third child. So. Obviously, he'll factor into this, and you know if, he, if he's one of those top six uh, once the playoffs start, I wouldn't be surprised. Gustafson's there right now, so we'll have to see. But uh, you know, this, this by no means is, is a long-term thing. We know that. Um, like you say, the Leafs have the, a bit of a luxury of time here to to look at some things, and uh, they're going to do that. Sheldon Keith is going to do that. So, you know, it's not ideal. Guys get into the rhythm. Um, you know, professional athletes, Jim, we all know love nothing nothing more than routine and, and settling in and, and it's hard to do harder to do, I guess, uh um, you know, when you have seven defense and then just eleven forwards uh, tomorrow and then you, you hope there are no injuries. But this is not a long term thing. You know, the the league's also the luxury of, of where they are in the standings to a degree of, of having a look at some different options. A lot of the teams can't say that. So they have that. And we'll see where it goes. But uh you know, uh, if I'm Justin Hall right now, I don't think I'm walking around thinking, uh, you know, my postseason participation is a guarantee. So you have to bring it up a bit in the next few weeks if you hope to get in there tonight. Well, you know, it's an interesting topic because not just not, not on Justin Hall, but the versatility and depth that this team has. Um, right. Obviously, without uh, Ryan O'Reilly, there, there's a hole there, but but they have they've got the bodies to move around. And I would suggest to you that that even when Ryan O'Reilly's healthy, uh, just based on the personnel they have in this team on the blue line and up front, that their playoff run will be full of tweaks. I mean, it's just not going to be nothing's going to be etched in stone here. No, that's the, that's a, a good thing to have. I mean. You know, you so it, it speaks to the depth, Jim, and it, it's good. There, you know, I, I've never heard of a, a team that got no loss in a playoff round or, or didn't win and, and said later, "Well, we had too much depth, and that was an issue." And that just doesn't happen. Now, the other side of that coin is you want to kind of get things into a into a good spot and and have people set it on the lines and deep pairs and everything like that. And I think they will, you know, once we get to closer to the end of the regular season, still eighteen games left, but. You know, uh, the luxury of, of O'Reilly, uh, you can use him at, at second line center uh, once he gets healthy. Tavares on the wing, we saw that that worked. Or you go more conventionally uh, when O'Reilly returns and have him centering the third line and Tavares back in his natural spot, at, you know, at center on the line two. So, again, uh, like what Sheldon Keefe has on the uh, blue line right now, there are going to be options there. And, uh, you know, I like think the key will just be to figure it all out before a week or so at least before the playoffs start. I have to say, I have to admit to some anxious moments about Ryan O'Reilly's uh, broken finger. I know there's surgery on it, but but I just, you know, when he comes back, will he be able to excel in the face-off dot? Is somebody going to try and tag him in the hand again? You know you know how this works. I, I'm a little worried about that. Are you? Well, yeah, well, I don't know if I'm worried about it, but I think it could be, It could. it's a, certainly a potential, a potential issue. And, you know, the... We saw what he was doing on faceoffs, uh, you know, before he got hurt, Jim, with, with the Leafs, and, and not a big sample size, uh, but that doesn't really matter. The guy was just, you know, dominating in the faceoff circle, and and we'll, we'll have to see if that happens. I mean, sometimes we we tend to think that way, and it's not necessarily what plays out. But you know, 
uh, in a uh, you know in a winner go home first round playoff series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, there won't be anything given on the ice, and maybe there'll have to be something that the Leafs look at uh, as far as O'Reilly goes. But listen, uh, the player himself has been through it all. We know his background. We know his resume. There's a consummate trophy on it. There's a Stanley Cup on it, and um, he would probably be the first to say when he does come back that it's not going to be an issue for him and uh, in that regard Jim and if it's not then you know for him then then uh, I, don't, I don't know how much time the outsiders should be spending worrying about it either but um, you know we'll have to see but uh, I, I don't think you know the shot the the face-offs you know all that I, I understand but like I say I think his veteran savvy will, will um, you know uh, come into place instead of any worries that that might bring. Did they mention the starting goalie for tomorrow night? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Matt Murray. It is Matt Murray. Well, yes, it, it appears yeah. to be. So you know, it's yeah. but that's okay. I mean, it's yeah. you get him going, and uh, you know, but Samsonov's going to be the guy. I think. How could he not be? Right. Yeah, I just, you know, there's so many uh, areas that we could talk about, but I find with this team, based on what's happened in the past, that I, I think a lot of it's irrelevant. It really only matters uh, what happens when, when the playoff gates open and, and what you do and, and what, you, what you're not successful at, how you, how you tweak and, and find a solution. I mean, that's really the end of the analysis for me. How about you? I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, and sooner or later, it's going to get to a point where, where, the things that have happened in the playoffs with this group, though, will will be a positive impact going forward. And you know, a lot of the scars they have uh, mentally uh, will uh, will um, you know work to their advantage at some point. And perhaps it happens in the first round against Tampa Bay. I mean, I I think today they could beat Tampa in the first round, and I I would say that probably when the when the playoffs start. I mean, it's like a lot of the things that Kyle Dubas has done. And, uh, you know, assuming, Jim, that, that uh, Samsonov plays the way that he does down the stretch as he has uh, to this point in the season. You know, he's not a guy that, that hits uh, that hits lulls and all that sort of thing. And then when he does, he comes right back out of them quite quickly. So, you know, I listen, the first round thing will, will follow the Leafs around until they win in the first round. I understand that. Yeah. But I, you know, the, the other thing too is you, you got you got to remember there's such a turnover now. You're talking about six new players in the lineup at least in just in the past few weeks that have no have no history of that with the team. So that's not going to be weighing on them. It is on the core, I suppose, a little bit. They're the guys who've been through it, but sooner or later they're going to get past it. And this year, I think, could be the year. Well, I, I think it's a veteran fan concern, and and I have this sick sense of humor about me that that after they get through the first round, then people will revert to the, the Stanley Cup drought is is the next reason. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, listen, Jim. I thought last year, had they had they won last year, they would have been well on the way. Okay, and it could happen. You know, I I, I just had that feeling about that team, and I think a lot of people shared that sentiment uh, this year. You know, I, you don't necessarily go that far because you're going to have the, uh, the black and gold and the Boston Bruins waiting for you, we all think, on the other side of that first round. So we'll have to see. But I, I don't know. It's That could come into play. But uh, I can tell you, being around these guys, I don't think that, you know, if they win the first round, that suddenly 1967 is going to be an overbearing uh, thought process for them. 
Uh, somebody will refer to it. I, you know, when I look at the uh, the starting line, I've got I've got the lines from camp or from uh, practice, not camp, from practice today. And when I look at it, you know, a lot of people were after getting moving Kerfoot out, but I wasn't a big fan of that just because, you know, I, I don't know what his role is, and I don't know how prominent it is, but he adds a versatility that that you don't get out of a lot of players. The add of Lafferty and Achara Achari uh, is is uh, is really good because th- those two guys are, are very versatile as well. And they, they play a, a gritty game. I mean, these these are great players to have. There's three guys there that no matter what happens on your forward unit, they could, you could plug those three guys in literally in any situation. I think that's a great thing to be able to say. Yeah, I think it is too. I, I just think that in any situation it only goes so far because I don't think any of those guys you really want to be giving too much in your in your top six, right? If everybody's healthy, Jim, put it that way. Um, I think Yarn Croak's a better fit up in that group than, than Kerfoot is, and we'll see if, if that ends up playing out uh, by the time the uh, playoffs start. But the fact of the matter is when you're, acting, when you're adding guys like Lafferty and Achari, um, you know, depth guys have a bit of a scoring touch. And, you know, Zach Aston-Reese doesn't necessarily bring that uh, aspect to his game. Um, you know, David Camp has a bit of it, but I just like Lafferty and Charlie do that a little more often. I think that that's key. Never mind the grit, like you talk about, and that sort of thing that they bring. And, you know, Achari, as we've come to know, uh, more or less hitting everything in sight and uh, not really worrying about who that player might be that he's getting a piece of. So that's key. Uh, Lafferty has a bit of that in his game as well, obviously. And, um, you know, I, I just like the fact, too, that, you know, you can move those two around and you're not stuck in saying, okay, well, if they don't play in the middle, where are they going to play? They can both play on the wing. And all of these things went into consideration, of course, with Kyle Dubas was, you know, putting together people that he wanted to acquire. Um, I think there's been, you know, interest in Achari in the past. I think the player acknowledged that. So, yeah, it, it should all be good. But you just hope that you, they can be used properly. And by that, I mean as really good solid depth pieces. I mean, if you... You know, you, you have Yarncrock in your top six, and you come back, and or Raddy comes back. I mean, a, a grouping of, of say, uh, you know, uh, Kerfoot, Achari, and whoever else that might be on the third line, um, you know, uh, whether it's a camp or whoever it is, it's going to give you uh, it's going to give you a lot of depth there. And then I think the fourth line will take care of itself. But no, I, I like Lafferty and Achari. For me, Riley and McCabe were the bigger pieces, of course. Yeah. At the deadline, the Lafferty and the Cherry are far off. I think they really like what they're going to bring. Well, look, I think we all agree that when we're talking about Leaf success in the playoffs, it centers on Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares. I don't think you can get away from that. But but having said that, uh, even even the greatest teams, there's always the one guy who has the great series. Uh, and yep. there's there, there's several guys, and Yarn Crow could be one of them. There's three or four guys outside of that big four that you'd look at and go, hey, that guy could have a big series. And I don't know that we would have said that in the past. Well, you're right. Uh, I don't disagree with that. But again, it goes back to the depth. And the guy, the, the guy that we haven't mentioned yet is Michael Bunting, who you know was put in an interesting spot in Jersey a few nights ago, Jim, and scored yeah. a, a huge goal, and then made that play, the the subtle lifting of the skate uh, on the Nylander pass to Matthews, which you know you, guys like that are your your smarter offensive players. And I would imagine he'll be back alongside Matthews and Marner when, when, by the time the playoffs start, if not long before that. So he can be that type of player for them, I think. And, uh, you know, as you and I have discussed, uh, bunting, the, the thing for bunting is uh, is a couple things, A, consistency, but, but also B, just and probably the real A, is just pulling that line and, you know, yeah. not going over it and all that sort of thing. 
will he be a factor that way against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that we talk about playoff scars? This team has more than anybody having won two cups and, and you know nearly winning a third. Uh, we'll have to see. But the fact is, Michael Bunding has 20 goals this year, and um, he has that knack. And it's like you're, you're getting to with your original question that you know perhaps they haven't had much of that in the past. He's a guy that's going to bring that now. I think. Yeah, for for me, he's like right. He, he, he when you say pushes the edge, I mean he's right on the edge for me. How about you? Yeah, he is. But you know what? I haven't checked the last couple of days. But you know, he again, Jim, he was tied with Nazem Kadri for the most penalties drawn at five on five in the National Hockey yeah. League this year. So. If that's the edge, I'm Sheldon Keith and looking at it saying I'm taking that any night, any night of the week, because that's that's what he brings that a lot of guys just don't. And uh, you know, it tells me the player uh, can be a bit of an agitator and all that, but the fact is, Bunting loves to stick his nose in places that a lot of players don't, and uh, it leads to that that sort of uh, impact that he has in the game. So, for the most part in his career, he certainly with Toronto didn't watch him a lot in Arizona, not that he played a heck of a lot there, but uh, he's told that line well. Yeah, I would. I agree with everything you said there. I just I wonder if it could happen in the playoffs, and if it does, that's that's a really nice bonus to have. Yeah, well, I I, I, I listen to me. You 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 would tend to think that uh, another year's experience for them, a comfort uh, in the organization, uh, in his own skin, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you tend to believe it might have a, a better impact for the Leafs in this first round against Tampa that they're going to have five plus weeks from now than it did last year. Yeah, and so now let's go to the blue line. I mean, McCabe to me is just a great ad. Um, I yeah. knew he had, I knew he had a lot of ability, but boy, does he look like a he's going to be around here for a while. Yeah, I agree. Again, you know, you're getting a player with term in in, uh, in this case that the Dubas did, and and uh, interested him a few years ago when he was a free agent. The Leafs didn't have any luck with him a couple summers ago, but um, it, there's a stability there, and he just comes into your your top four, and you know, right now, you know. Getting a look with Brody, um, but but he's probably one of these guys, Jim, that can play with several people. But I, I just like that, uh, you know, the, the fact that is that you know he did he was doing good things on a really bad Chicago team, um, you know, did some good things on the Buffalo team uh, before that that wasn't great, and now he gets a chance to blossom with a really good hockey team that's, that's really done good things uh, defensively. So I'm I'm curious to see what he's able to bring over the long term, and uh, we will see that. Cause like I said, he, you know he's under contract beyond the season, but in the immediate, uh, you know, a good a good pairing with Brody. The argument might be that TJ Brody or is best with Morgan Riley. That Morgan Riley needs that at that type of player to his right. We'll see how it all um, you know uh, settles in here in the next few weeks. But Brody and McCabe to me are you know the potential to be a really good shutdown pair and and. Um, McCabe just has he has that grit again. You know, the last minute again against Jersey the other night, doing some good things, blocking a shot as the uh, you know as, as the clock expired and the one goal win. Uh, again, the early returns are favorable, and there's no reason to think that they won't be uh, in the next five weeks. Boy, if you think of it, you know, to add, to add 50% of your blue line, three defensemen and three forwards, that's got to be you know for the coaching staff they must be thrilled with this, just because it opens up a lot of doors, doesn't it? It does, and you know the funny thing is, at first glance, you say, "Oh boy, six players, six guys. How you know? How are they going to make all this work?" But options, 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 and it, I think it really does open the doors for them. And again, like the, you know, 
we, we saw more with the O'Reilly Achari trade, Jim, that thing, you know, Dubas getting ahead of it to the trade deadline. He's done that in the past. He did it with Muzzin. He did it with Campbell. More time for Keith to get the players into, into good spots, and uh, he certainly has that time now. But, um, you know, listen, all due respect on the blue line, say that the players who were there earlier in the year, the Mac Hollowells and Victor Metes, I mean, unless you really get into really bad, you know, injury trouble now, they're not even be considerations. At least they've done a lot of good things in the blue line, uh, the players that they had, and the depth they have now. I mean, who's. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see how a guy like Rasmus Sandin ends up. Uh, you know, going his career at the Washington Capitals potential there, uh, but right now the Leafs have a better blue line than they did a month ago. Yeah, and you know, everybody understands. You know, Sandin's going to have a great career. That was that was never an issue for me. I, it's all about, especially when you're dealing with defensemen. It's all about the fit, and I yeah. like the group they have here. I do too, and you know, like like you know, I, I would I would think that. When it does start, you know, guys like uh, Timmons and Gustafson, you know, won't be in. And then there's the, um, you know, you have the debate over who that the six seven guy is. But you know, Jared Downs a great Jim, and probably yeah. better than what the Leafs were expecting when they acquired him last year. And you know, thirty nine years old. The only time it really should be mentioned is just in saying that that's what his age is, because it's really had no influence on him. I mean, the guy it, negatively. I mean positive the experience and everything else that he does and setting a shot block record but but he's been really good for them you know brody is brody and uh you know the guy like morgan Roddy, he's he's to me a bit of the, the, the curiosity factor here in the next month can he get his game back to a level where we know it can be because yeah. it hasn't been their game in and they came up the season we know that whether his knee injury is, is plays into that don't know but you know he's been back for over two months now from that so he's had plenty of time to get past it if you will but uh, like you say the group as a whole, your top six are all bona fide NHLers. You're not you're not question marks there, and then you get into your your seven, eight, nine. They are as well, and uh, you cannot have too much of that once the puck drops in the playoffs. Because Jim, we know there are going to be injuries, and yeah. you keep your fingers crossed now. If you're Sheldon Keith and, the, and Dean Chenoux, the rest of the South, how about none between now and you know April fifteenth, seventeenth, whenever the playoffs may start? Okay, but you're. The grind of a long playoff series, a long playoff year, the grind of what the Maple Leafs want to do, they're not going to get through it all healthy. And you just hope that if there are injuries, guys can either play through them or, or when there are, people can step in and do the job. And But that's what that's what Dubas has built here. And I think, you know, they're, they're very, if, if you're arguing with, with the group as a whole right now, there's only nitpicking involved because it's pretty darn solid. It is. Terry, thanks very much. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow night. Yep. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you. That's Terry Koshan from the uh, Toronto Sun.